Welcome to Courage in Action. We are a sisterhood of women empowering women to be everything we are meant to be. I'm your host, Naluka Kotagara, and it is my privilege to join your life journey as we connect with some extraordinary, triumphant, and beautifully imperfect women through this podcast. Together, we hope to inspire you to take action towards your life goals, one courageous step at a time. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Courage in Action. Nellie Jacob joins us today to share her wisdom on stepping into fear in order to embrace courage. As a coach, entrepreneur, mom, marathon runner, and so much more, Nellie's life lessons have taught her how to cultivate self-love and live her best life. Welcome, Nellie. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Amazing. Thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate it. I'm really looking forward to our conversation. Um, And we're going to start with sort of a, a big overarching question in terms of we often talk on this podcast about how life is a journey in sort of every sense of the word. Could you tell us a little bit about what that means to you and how you've navigated with courage so far? Yeah, uh, if, if I had to go right to the beginning, I would say um, growing up as a first generation Canadian, um, mm-hmm kind of set the, the foundation for growing up with courage. And um, really, I, I, looking back now, having some time and wisdom to reflect on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would say that I could definitely see where some of the things happened along the way that really became obstacles uh, in my own way. Okay. Um, through so my they presented own, roadblocks to you. Yeah, they presented roadblocks in my own um, translation of things and and my upbringing and um, yeah, yeah I, I, I being a first generation Canadian made it um, challenging at times. I was a kid and my parents didn't speak any English, mm. and so I became you know the translator at a very yeah. young age. Right. <laughs> And I took care of all of back in the day when, you know, the uh, phone company would call or the gas company would call or they'd be, you know, a sales call to upgrade your tank or whatever have you. Right. Um, I was the one that was taking the call very young. because so you were adulting well before. I was adulting. Yeah. yeah. And I, it was it was difficult as a child, but yeah. it was also um you know, I'm also looking at it from the perspective, I was developing skills, and I used those skills, really. Even as a child, you looked at it that way? That's pretty incredible. Yeah, you know what, even early on, I could see that um, I, I, it just came naturally to me, it wasn't something Mm -hmm. like, you know, it was something I was happy to do, because I could, you know, resolve an issue. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Take care of a problem, or, you know, I I was a checklist kid very, very early (laughs) on. (laughs) So I could see where um, doing that for my parents really kind of uh, shaped me in some ways. Mm-hmm. But there was also the the most difficult part, I think, um, was having being at home and yeah. being raised in a European culture that had very strict rules and very different ways of how um, girls were supposed to interact in society. Mm -hmm. And 
then, you know, you would go to school and it was the eighties and it was, you know, the women were out there and we were protesting and women were making their way into Love the it. Great time. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and you're like a teenager, young adult, and you're like, yes, I can conquer the world. <laughs> and so I was constantly in living in this duality of being told, you know, you're a good girl when you're doing things at home and cleaning and cooking and taking yeah. care of the family. And then you're out and you're learning in this educational environment in this world that you're being brought up in that saying that you can achieve anything and you're a woman and you can do this. And um, so it made it difficult. It, it was kind of like you were, I was constantly like with one foot in one door and one foot in the other door, not really knowing, you know, at, at one point wanting to go this way. And then another point thinking I'm going to go this way. And, um, and really kind of trying to find my way. <laughs> how did you, how did you do that? Cause I'm sure many of our listeners are still struggling with that. It's a very much a reality in women's yeah, you know lives. What? Today. I, I struggled with it for a very, very long time. I, I have to say, I, um, despite having the pull from two very different worlds, I had this inner knowing that mm. I had the potential and that I could do great things. And that inner knowing and drive is what kept me going towards um, achieving the things that made me happy. And so I, I paid attention to that yeah, a lot more, I think, than I did to my parents, unfortunately for them. And, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so uh, for a long time, I really did achieve a lot of things and, and uh, bought a house really early because I, you know, it was one of my dreams and, and it was one of those goals that I set for myself. So in my very early 20s, I had bought my own home. And, and so there were certain things that I had really, really achieved. But then I found when I had kids, um, got married, had kids, fell into that whole, you know, everything thing. a woman should do. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I found, I mean, having kids changed me as just in itself, but I found myself without even realizing falling into that belief system that I was brought up in that mm. um, my value, my worth was rooted in being a good wife and a good mom. Wow. So <laughs> it was deeply seated in there deeply, somehow. Yeah. Deeply. yeah. Yeah. And I didn't know how to operate, be operating in the world where I wanted to be a success and be a good mom and be a good wife just became exponentially more difficult. <laughs> because and, it was probably going, your definition of good wife and good mother uh, it was hard to do it all counter to your true self yeah yeah and so I lived in that place for a very long time and just tried to do my best at it Mm -hmm. and um yeah and then experienced some really tough challenges along the way um I had two kids in a matter of two years so that wow that's challenging onto itself yeah I was really smart and really dumb in some other ways (laughs) (laughs) but I do not regret it at all I I'm I love the fact that they're so close together in age and, and um, has really established a relationship between them. But mm-hmm. that was a difficult period of time yeah. to manage two kids at that age and be, you know, the working mom as well. Yeah. Um, and, and then went through a really tough time uh, when they were just coming up to around eight to 10 years old and 
went through a really difficult divorce, really difficult, like toxic, mm. difficult divorce. Wow. And um, during that time, I, it really rocked me. Like it, it brought me to my knees basically. Um, and it really took me to a place where I was so broken and I was so lost that it's one of those things where you're the only place to go is up because you can't go any further down. Mm, yeah. And when, and when you're in that place, um, as you rebuild yourself and you are just, you operate out of a different place completely. Mm-hmm. Um, I just knew that I did not want to go back and repeat the same behaviors that got me to that place. Mm, that's huge. Yeah. yeah. It, it took a lot of um, going inward and reflecting. Um, I had experienced bullying as a kid in elementary school, and that had also taken a toll on yeah. my ability to use my voice and see my worth. And um, again, it was a constant pull because somewhere inside Nellie, she knew she was this strong person that had the ability to do amazing things. Abilities beyond her years. Ability beyond my years. Like I knew intuitively Mm -hmm. I had it in me, but the years of bullying and the years of, um, really being conditioned to believe that my worth was tied to, you know, keeping a clean house. <laughs> right. And that yeah. type of stuff, all those, all those things become the negative little lies that you start to believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so things like believing, um, and, and I have amazing parents that yes. did their absolute best with yes. what they could. Um, they came to a country speaking no English whatsoever with, a few dollars in their pocket. Amazing. They have done amazingly well for themselves and they've raised great kids. Um, and I love them to death. Uh, but I also know that they were, they were doing the best that they can do, but sometimes that wasn't the best for me. Right. Um, the great way to put it. Right. And so it would be things like, um, if I tried to say something then I would be talking back and, you know, and you can't talk back because that's disrespectful mm-hmm. uh, or, you know, you're, you're so rude or you're, you're, you know, good girls don't talk back. <laughs> Almost teaches you that you're not allowed to have an opinion. Right. So you're not allowed to have an opinion and you're not allowed to have a voice. And I remember at nine years old, one day being so angry with my mom at nine years old, yeah. I turned around and I said to her, just because I'm a kid does not mean that my voice doesn't matter. Wow. For a nine-year-old to say that's pretty amazing. Yeah. And so that was that strong person inside Mm -hmm. that knew what she was capable of, that knew what was right. Um, But somehow life has a way of, of, I think your environment and bullying has a lot of negative impacts on people oh my gosh yes yeah long term long term yeah Yeah. because one thing I've noticed is not just in myself but observing and and you know going into a lot of groups with people is once bullied you tend to allow other bullies into your life and it becomes a continuous Mm -hmm. pattern until you break that pattern yeah and 
it's kind of like one step forward, two steps back, because you start to take that one step forward and then you, they don't like when you start to stick up for yourself and then you're, you know, the bad person. And then, yes, you're, then you you're, feel guilty about it and it's your yeah, fault. Then you feel horrible all. because well, yep. I, must be more, I must be a bad person if I'm like talking back or if I'm speaking up for myself. Or, yeah. And I think it was the breaking point for me was the divorce when that happened. It, um, I had lost so much of who I was. I literally, had worked so hard to make everyone else happy to give everyone else mm. what they needed, mm-hmm. that I had absolutely nothing left for me and I didn't even know who I was anymore because I had just bent in every direction to give everybody else what they needed did you have a moment where you just knew that was it and that's when you made the decision for the divorce and everything else come what may Um, for me, it was a very long process, (laughs) longer than it probably should have been. But, um, I, what part of the reason that the divorce happened, I mean, there was infidelity and that was ultimately the lot, the reason why it happened, but Mm -hmm. what led, I think part of the reason what led to the infidelity was, um, I started to stick up for myself, Mm. not, not accept uh, certain behaviors and not accept certain things. Um, and so that was part of the reason that that kind of happened. And then the other thing that I've learned too is, um, you know, you can bend yourself a hundred different ways for a hundred different people and give them Mm -hmm. everything you need, but we are all growing and we are all dealing with life Mm-hmm. So what we need to do is stop bending <laughs> and start owning our own space because yes. everyone is dealing with stuff. And if you're constantly dealing, if you're constantly giving to someone else who's also broken, yeah, you're never going to give them enough because if they don't want to deal with their brokenness, it's never going to be enough. <laughs> it's never. And then if you measure your value that way, it's ne- it's never going to come. Right. Yes. Right. So that was a pivotal moment for me. And, and, um, it, it really did bring me, bring me down to my knees. I, I dealt with depression at that time. I remember mm-hmm. literally, um, I, lying in bed and I would be awake the whole entire night because I wouldn't sleep and then fall asleep somewhere around five o'clock in the morning. And, and then an hour later I'd hear the birds outside and I would still have my eyes shut and, I remember like just thinking, God, please take me because the minute I open my eyes, I have to deal with this life. And I don't have, I don't have it in me to deal with this life anymore. Mm -hmm. And I would just beg God to take me. Wow. I didn't have the strength to open my eyes because opening my eyes meant I would have to deal with the day. Meant you're back in reality. Yeah. 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 And so that was the lowest of lows for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and it really became making it from minute to minute. And then eventually, you know, weeks went by and then it became hour to hour and then you get a little Mm -hmm. bit stronger and then it's week to week and you just, you do. And, and during that time, my faith was pivotal in giving me the strength that I needed. Mm -hmm. Um, because for me, I realized that, um, God doesn't really expect anything from me. He just loves me. And mm. 
there's no expectation. There's just unconditional love. And that, that is your self-value right there is that right. you are entirely lovable right. just by being. Yeah. Right. Just by being who I was. And mm-hmm. I began to learn who I was um, because one, I wasn't in that toxic environment anymore. And when you're not surrounded by it and being pelted by it, you can think clearer mm-hmm. <laughs> and see things differently. Um so I, I, that, that spiritual path really was instrumental in yeah. giving me, um, you know, firm ground when it had been pulled out from underneath me. Yeah. And it really made me a lot stronger during that time in moments where I didn't think I had the strength. Um, Can you but, yeah. tell me a little bit more about, so there was that, that moment where you literally didn't want to open your eyes. Yeah. to you had you know developed this strength how, how did you get the strength to open your eyes in the first place so I one of the things that I had said I was going to do the year that that happened was I wanted to run a marathon hmm. and I had wanted to run a marathon since I was 16 years old and I had tried to run, a, tried not even tried to run a marathon. I would try to run a block. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I couldn't do it. <laughs> I would fail miserably. Yeah. So if you want to talk about persistence and not giving up and listening to that inner voice. And, you know, some people say, well, you know, your life is already planned ahead of you. And it's just, you know, you're, you're going to, you know it because it's already planned and it's there in the future. Or maybe it's, you just, you know, I, I don't know how it works, but here's the thing. I knew at 16, I wanted to run a marathon. I knew that for years and years I would try, okay. and it, I could never do it. Right. And then that year, as I was going through that difficulty, I said to myself, I'm going to run a marathon. And then everything hit the fan and it got really, really, really bad. And I'm in bed and I could can't even get out of bed. And I, one foot in front of the other, started to go for walks and a walk turned into, you know, a little run and walk turned into two and my walks turned into time with God. And I would just talk to God while I was walking. Awesome. Yeah. And then before I knew it, I was running three blocks and four blocks. Mm. I was doing 5Ks and then I was, I did a 10K and then I did a half marathon. Yeah. And right when I was in the thick of this horrible divorce and custody and everything, and things were really, really bad, I remember vividly thinking to myself, I can either give up and not do this marathon or I can dig my heels in and prove that this isn't going to break me. I just thought I'm not giving up. Like I'm not giving up. That's awesome. I thought what better way to make sure that I don't give up than to actually sign up and then advertise it on Facebook that I'm going to. (laughs) (laughs) That's the way to hold yourself accountable right there. Let's put it out into the world. Put it out into the world. (laughs) (laughs) And so that's what I did. And it took several decades of not giving up. Um, But I finally 
ran my marathon and I can now check that off my bucket list. That's amazing. I, Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I don't ever need to do one again. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, have fun. Check, John. Done <laughs> and dusted. Uh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, it felt good. It felt good during that time. So the marathon really was you know, me just proving I can do this. I, I, you know, you can try to push me down, but I'm going to get back up. And when I get back up, I'm going to be stronger, wiser. Yes. yes. And uh, around the same time at work, I, I had said to my boss, you know, I love what I'm doing, but um, I, I really need something else to do because I'm kind of bored. <laughs> oh, good for you. Yeah, so off he went to his team and said, do you have anything for Nelly to do? And they came back with a few things. And one of the things that they came back with, um, it was the CIO. And she's like, well, my whole entire division has done this thing and it's called StrengthsFinder. But they haven't really done anything else with it. Like they've got the reports, but we haven't done anything with it. Mm. So he's like, do you want to do this? And I'm, I started reading it and I'm like, yeah, this sounds amazing. Yeah. But when I was researching it, you had to be certified to actually facilitate it. Okay. So I'm, I'm thinking to myself, this is a pretty expensive certification. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to pay for me to do this. Yeah. And I thought, no, that's, Let me ask. that's attitude. Yeah. I'm going to put it out into the universe and I'm going to, yeah. present, I'm going to present my case and I'm going to have all of the reasons why it's a fantastic reason and what the return is going to be. Good for you. And I presented it to him and he goes, okay, let me talk to HR and see what they're going to say. And I was, I was like, okay, putting it out there. Yeah. And a week later he came back, he goes, listen, he goes, this is actually perfectly timed because HR is actually developing a whole development tool and they okay. are looking for a coach to do coaching. And I was like, yeah, this yeah. is so I, yeah, they sent me to get certified. And before I knew it, I was delivering strengths coaching to the whole entire IT division. And then it spread to the rest of the organization. And it was phenomenal. It was phenomenal Good for you. That's amazing. Yeah, it was awesome. And it was phenomenal for a few reasons because I realized that. Um, I mean, I knew I I could do facilitation because I had done it in a previous job, but I I didn't realize how much I enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. But more importantly, during the strengths training as a coach, you become very familiar with your strengths because you have to then teach them to other people and help other people to identify their own strengths and how to tap into them properly. Sure. You can't do that if you don't know how to do that for yourself, right? And then you have to be coached by other coaches to help you along the process too. And what I realized was that a lot of the things I had come to believe about myself from other people, the bullies, the biases, the belief systems, yeah, myself, my own self included things that you just, you know, the negative self-talk that you, Oh yes. Right. Um, Those very things that were lies were actually my strengths. So very interesting. Yeah. That kid who was told that she didn't have a voice and that her opinion didn't matter actually had communication in her top five. Ah, interesting. Yes. And so that kid all of a sudden, or the, and then the adult who, um, 
you know, wanted to discuss problems, wanted to discuss issues, wanted to just, you know, have a good line of communication with a partner. Yeah. <laughs> but was Imagine told that. he asked too many questions. Yeah. You know, found out communication was in her top five. <laughs> right. Yes. And then all of a sudden you start to see that you actually are that amazing person that you knew you were inside. Yes. And as I started to embrace each one of my strengths, things like restorative in my top 10 and restorative um, figures out problems really easily. We get to the core of problems. So we don't want to just put a bandaid on a problem. We want to figure mm -hmm. out what's causing the problem so we can fix the problem at the core. Right. Right. But to some people, you may ask too many questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so as you start to unpack your strengths and what they are, and you start to recognize how you're using them, um, it just starts to literally shine light into a place of darkness where the lies tend to take hold a lot in our lives. Uh, whether you're bullied or not, whether you have high, high self-esteem. Everyone has some kind everyone of trauma. Has, yeah. Right? Yeah. But one thing I can honestly say for myself and for people who I've coached, when you start to recognize your strengths, to make the connections in how you operate professionally and personally mm -hmm. using them yeah. and how you can articulate how you're using them and others around you, it just creates a level of um, confidence and assertiveness that I was just never able to have before. That's amazing. Yeah. So as, as our listeners, I'm sure a lot of people are very interested in figuring out what what their strengths are they may not be able to go through the training and the full courses and all of that how do you start to if you're just on your own potentially in a in a very difficult situation or circumstance how do you start to kind of get that clarity and and flip the story and and see that perspective that all of the challenges life is throwing at you is really to identify those strengths and have you embrace them you know what i think that so much of our obstacles, um, whether self-imposed or imposed by others, really are tied to a lot of our belief systems and to biases that we have about like our own biases and biases that others have. Mm -hmm. And so awareness is, is a huge part of overcoming those things and yeah. those challenges. And awareness in itself is not enough. Um, once you have that awareness, you have a responsibility to do something with the awareness. Mm. And, you know, you really have to, and that's where I stepped into the fear because when I had, when I came to having the awareness of different things, um, it wasn't enough to just see it. Mm. I had to learn how it was playing out negatively in my life. Right. And, where, and where and being a restorative mm -hmm. um I needed to figure out where it was coming from because by figuring out where it was coming from and where it was rooted in I can then the next step take the steps to look it in the face yeah <laughs> and take the time to heal it and that takes time it's not an easy process mm -hmm. and for a lot of people 
that is where a lot of people stop because it's painful. It can be very painful when you have that awareness of things in your life, your own behaviors, or the behaviors of others that you're allowing to happen. Um, it can be emotionally difficult for some people to deal with. Yeah. And so that's where a lot of people step away because they don't want to do the next step because it hurts. Mm. It hurts in a lot of different ways and it's scary, right? Because to change the behavior, that could mean, you know, you're maybe not ready to be the next level of person or maybe, and that, or maybe you may have to lose people in your life that you're afraid to lose. Yes. Um, and so that's the tough step. It will, it will cause change in your life. Right. And right. change can be scary. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But from where, and I mean, everyone's situation is different. No one's situation is the same. Mm -hmm. um, but coming from a tremendous amount of um, emotional abuse and mental abuse, um, I can honestly say that looking back on my life at all the different stages where I, I experienced things, the toughest things that I've experienced did create change. And at the time, it was so painful. I was asking, why is this happening? Why is right. this happening? Yes. And, you know, how could this happen? How mm -hmm. can this happen? Yeah. And yet now looking back, I am so glad it happened. Mm. That's a, that's a transformation. Yeah. Because I have, I, I'm, I love who I'm becoming. I love who I'm becoming. <laughs> I becoming, um, I, I don't really, the, other people's opinions don't impact me anymore the way that it used to magical um, place to be in life yeah. when that happens. We're, we're all in different places and we're all coming from different situations and different backgrounds and different experiences and and it all factors in right yeah yeah and, absolutely. and the important thing for me was recognizing that we're all a work of progress mm -hmm. um and that there are going to be people that are not going to be good to have around me and having the ability to step away and create healthy boundaries is okay. And I don't feel guilty about that anymore. <laughs> it's actually a, an incredibly important skill to learn. It is. It yeah. is. It, it changes everything. <laughs> everything. And those people that come along into your life and you recognize they don't belong there and you need to set that boundary, yeah. they're serving a very important purpose Absolutely. in your development. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's why I'm saying I'm glad it happened mm -hmm. um, because I learned so much about myself and I learned so much about others. And, um, you know, there's people who I have had to step away from and, um, I will still, you know, interact with them and whatever have you and be pleasant. And there's mm -hmm. people where I've had to step away from and really cut that completely. Entirely. Yes. Entirely. Um, because I know that that is for my, my greatest good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm okay with that. Whereas before I would have been racked with guilt or, or fear that I was the bad person, that I'd be perceived a certain way. And um, that's no longer who I am. And, and when you have that ability to do that, it just creates um, a freedom that didn't exist before. 
Yeah. And you're, you're finally putting yourself first, which is the most important thing to do um, before you can be of service to anybody else in any other way. So, yeah. yeah. So the awareness is important to recognize. It's important to spend time with, it's important Mm -hmm. to make the connections. It's important to take time to heal it. And Mm. then it's important to take what you've learned through that whole entire journey and process. And then ask yourself how you want to move forward with it. That's a really way. That's a great way to put it, to ask yourself how you want to move forward. Cause you, you can very easily fall back into sort of that, I'll call it a comfort zone yeah. of the, like the things, you know, even if they're not great, feel comfortable because you know them so well. Yeah. Um, and it does take a lot of courage to step out of that. It really does. And that's what, <laughs> we're all about it, courage and action, you know? So you um, yeah. have to dig deep and it is scary to do it. It is, it is, but it is worth it. And every single time that yes. I've done it and, it and it's been hard, really, really hard at times. Um, and in those moments, you don't think that it was the right move because you're thinking, how could I have done this? Mm-hmm. It's so hard or, you know, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm losing right now. Yeah. Um, but it's important, you know, to surround yourself with people who are supportive, who yes. people who don't judge and who will just be present. Mm-hmm. Um, and to, the, the, what they say about, you know, how the five people that you surround yourself with really is a reflection of, of who you are, or where you want to go. And, and that's so, so true. And having people who will, um, be positive influences in your life is, is really instrumental yeah. in helping you get through those. And, you know, I've heard a lot of people say, you know, but I don't have anyone in my life like that. I don't have anyone that I can count on. There's people who have had to walk away from situations and they are literally, they've had everyone that they love and care about turn their backs on them. And that's yeah, hard. They're on their, oh my God, that's incredibly hard. Yeah. That's incredibly hard. And I think sometimes what people forget is, you know, they, they automatically think that um, your circle has to be friends that you know, or it has to be family, but that's not always the case. No, there are a lot of different people out there, whether it's courage and action, it's, it could be a podcast that you listen to yeah. every week and you have mm-hmm. these amazing stories of resilience and of, yes. um, of courage and strength. It could be, um, a group that you join. It could be like, there's just so many places that you can get a lot of help. resources to ask for help. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Yeah. Um, so having that really, really is instrumental in helping people get through that stage. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I, I, um, I strongly suggest that if people are in a place where they're struggling with either a relationship or with a career decision, a place where maybe they're not happy, um, create the awareness, create the awareness around what kinds of behaviors you see happening as a pattern in your life over and over and over again, mm-hmm. because, um, it may be a different job, but it's yep. the same kind of problem. The same thing will start if you yeah. haven't gone inwards first. Yeah. Yes. yes. Um, it could be a relationship and it could be a different situation, but the same kind of problem. Mm-hmm. And 
the universe is going to keep throwing that at you until you finally like learn your lesson and move on. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. And and it really will like it'll come in all different shapes and forms, but it'll be the same thing until you can actually absolutely. change absolutely. for yourself. Yeah. And so when you can step away and actually take the time to recognize what that repeated pattern is mm-hmm. um that would be probably the first step in recognizing and creating some awareness some level of awareness and yeah. sometimes that awareness doesn't is really hard for you to have for it to happen on your own sometimes you need to go to a counselor and talk to someone else who's sure. going to be able to get it out of you sometimes um you know it's a mentor that might be able to to just talk you through it and get you to creating it so it, it can happen in a lot of different ways. Sometimes it's a strengths coach that's helping you. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> and when you become aware of your strengths, it just, you know, opens doors to, so it, it, it looks different for everyone, but definitely um, creating that first step is important. Yeah. It's different, but it's, it's very much the same at the yeah. same time. And, and you've been on quite the journey to transform. And I love that you say that you love who you're becoming because we are constantly becoming yes. who we are. How did you um, and have you instilled that kind of thinking and approach to life in your kids? <laughs> My kids probably like are tired of me hearing. <laughs> 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 um, so when it comes to strengths, funny enough, they mm-hmm. uh, we did. I encourage people to even do it in their families. Like we've done it as a family. Um, I had my daughter do it with her group of friends. So, uh, and their moms as well. Um, you can do it in so many different ways. It's not just a professional tool to use in the workplace, although it is very effective in the workplace. It's also very effective in the home. Um, and so by being, um, aware of what their strengths are, there will be times where they'll do something. And one of them will now say, Oh, what daughter has communication to and she'll be like oh using the communication again oh boy (laughs) or if she's not getting the communication yeah you know know, i'm a communicator and i'm not getting good for her good for her i love that yeah and um they she had her first job interview at 16 years old and when she went in for her job interview, we practiced at home and we did the whole, like, what's your strengths and what are your weaknesses? Mm-hmm. And, and so because she's very comfortable with recognizing what her strengths are and how yeah. even your strengths can be your weaknesses, if you're not sure. aware of how you're using them. Um, when the time came to answer that question, the person who was interviewing her said, how old are you? are you lying on this application in all the years i've been interviewing teenagers i've never had anybody answer a question like that at your age yeah (laughs) yeah well that's because her mother at nine was very articulate (laughs) in terms of her voice and how to use it (laughs) so it's uh yeah it's it's and it's interesting because you you start to see differences in your kids when you start to rec. I mean, you know your kids, but once mm-hmm. you recognize what their innate strengths are, then it really helps to understand them. And my son has competition in his top five. Oh boy! And from the time <laughs> that he was a very small child, he was the yes. kid 
And to anyone who has children out there that are young, mm -hmm. who play games, mm -hmm. and when they lose or when they don't get the ball, they get really upset. Meltdown. Meltdown. <laughs> they yeah. will get really angry or they'll have a temper tantrum or they'll cry. Mm. And you're like, but I don't understand. <laughs> because in my world, it's about having... The, the experience of the game and having fun. He's like, so, I don't care. I want to win. <laughs> I could never understand why at five years old, he was melting down or at seven years old or at nine years old, when he was playing any kind of sport, mm. he would melt down. Oh. And so when we did his strengths and I was like, oh, that would be the reason why. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I get it now. <laughs> I get it now. And, yeah. and even more so, like people with competition in their top five are not just competitive against other people or themselves. Um, they're so competitive against themselves. They want to keep topping their, their last best. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. they, especially if they have achiever in their top five and competition in their top five, that's something to be, as a parent, it was really helpful for me because um, those people can be really hard on themselves. Mm -hmm. And so I had to really help him learn how he can use it in a positive way, but how it can also be very negative and destructive. Right. If you're not managing it properly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So as a parent, it became really helpful for me as a tool. Right. And for him, it became really helpful to for him to, to recognize when he needs to step back, take a breath and recognize where those emotions are coming from and why he's getting upset mm -hmm. because he's not getting it right or he didn't get what he wanted in, in the return. Right. So having that awareness now and you know, taking the next step, which is like, okay, you know, where that anger is coming from, you know, where that frustration is from. So yeah. how, how do you cope with it? What, what do you do to process it? Right. So for my kids, it's been instrumental in, in helping them navigate through school, through relationships, through uh, determining their next path of education and where they want to go with their careers and how to get there and some of the obstacles and the challenges they faced. So it's, it's been huge for us. That's amazing. That's amazing. So it sounds like at the root of everything, no matter what age you are, or what circumstance you're in, it's that taking a step back and having awareness of, yeah. of who you are at your core at the end of the day. Yeah. That will propel you on the further along the journey. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and every time we hit one of those roadblocks, it's, step back and take a look at it, go in and then move forward. Right. Yeah. Because you're then operating out of a place of self and yes. not a place of everyone else's expectations or yes. beliefs and yes. opinions, yeah. um, which can take over pretty easily. <laughs> right. And you said it, it's so freeing when that stops mattering yeah. to you as much yeah, yeah. and so I, I'm so glad that with the strengths I was able to give them a foundation where um you know if you believe in generational chains <laughs> that I could break that one for them yeah them along the way um 
in terms of not repeating, you know, we do as much as we try not to repeat our parents' behaviors. <laughs> we default to that very we quickly. Default to yeah, that we do. Wanting to. And yeah. so having those kinds of conversations around here is a pretty regular occurrence because we do have communication in our top five. Um, and, and having awareness conversations of, yeah. you know, things that are happening and how we're responding and where it's coming from and how we can use our strengths or how we're not using our strengths to deal with it or um, yeah. the coping mechanisms that we can use to process it. So it, it, it is a pretty regular occurrence around here. And um, I, I, there, I didn't do everything right during my divorce because I was so traumatized and, and dealing with um, shock, I think at some point that yeah. in retrospect, um, you know, looking back, I wish I could have done things, some things very differently, mm -hmm. especially when it came to how it impacted my kids. But when you're raw and you're in pain, you can't always do that well. Um, but even taking, taking the time to apologize to them for that, mm. you know, and, and they're, 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 you know, teenagers going into young adults and um, just sitting with them and saying, you know, I'm, I'm really sorry, you know, for this that time. That's probably was probably incredibly healing for them and for you. Yeah. Right. Um, I, I don't want them to carry that into their adulthood mm. and yeah. have that affect them in, yeah. in you know, the underlying ways that it does. Um, and just kind of be free and cut that out of there before it even gets rooted any deeper. That's so beautiful. That's so beautiful that you did that. Like I say, it's um, that was forgiveness you know, the apology to them was almost an apology to yourself too, because it's, yeah. you've got to forgive yourself for something before you can truly apologize to someone else. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And well, it sounds like you're doing an amazing job with them and you're doing an amazing job of navigating life and all its roadblocks. Um, Some days are better than others. <laughs> no one's perfect. So yeah. that's one thing I tell women all the time. Be kind to yourself. Be kind yes. to yourself. Absolutely. And life's never going to make it just easy. But no. that's not what life is about. Ever, ever, ever. Don't so. aim for perfection. Just aim no. for improvement. And, and, you know, in those moments where you don't get it right or something goes terribly wrong, you know, you're human. And forgive yes. yourself and be kind to yourself. Because yes. kindness will take you a lot further than you beating yourself up over it. Yeah, absolutely. It'll actually open up a lot more and it'll just feel so much better absolutely. Than, than the opposite. And, and I know because I have a very sort of vicious self uh, voice, inner voice sometimes. And, you know, it takes practice and it takes work to sort of reprogram that and, and change it but you have the ability in you to do it. So that's the exciting part. <laughs> Amazing. Well, this has been such a fun conversation. Do you have any other big words of wisdom before we wrap up for, for this episode? Uh, I, I, I can't think of it. <laughs> I'm all talked out. It's okay. Um, yeah. I, I guess my, my biggest thing is don't be afraid. Like on the other side of fear is, is amazing things. And mm -hmm. sometimes we allow that fear to prevent us from um, accomplishing things that we are able to accomplish, but we stop before we even start. And um, 
whether it's at work or whether it's in relationships, uh, don't be afraid of rejection. You know, mm. if you don't get a promotion or if you didn't do well on the job or if, you know, your relationships are not working well and you're being, you feel like you're being rejected. It's okay. Because yeah. one thing I say all the time and I can, I am living proof of it <laughs> is rejection is an opportunity for redirection. And when you Love look it. at it with those eyes and that mindset, it will happen in, in a way that only good will come from it. I love that. That's amazing. Thank you so much for being with us today. Really appreciate it. I learned a lot. I'm sure our listeners did too. And this was a really fun conversation. So thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it.